Know what your goal is. Know what you're working towards. Your goals and your priorities are always going to shift and change as you grow in your music career. But at any given time, you shouldn't be working on 50 projects. You should be focusing on one, maybe two, but really one core thing that you're focused on. And again, it might take time. It might feel like it's moving slow and you're watching other people achieve the things that you want to achieve someday. That's okay. Stick with it because you will get there. It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm going to share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're going to show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, so today I'm here with Katie Zaccardi. Katie is a songwriter and music career coach uh, who really has a lot of expertise around the inner game. She's helped hundreds of musicians, music teachers, music coaches grow their careers while at the same time reducing the amount of overwhelm, self-doubt, burnout that comes with that. So really, I think the question that we want to focus on today is really like, how do you create the success that that you're aiming for without necessarily sacrificing your well-being at the same time? Katie, thanks so much for taking the time to be here today. Thank you so much for having me. I hope we can unpack that loaded question. <laughs> yeah, it's it's there's certainly a lot of stuff to dig into there. That's yeah. like the, the crux of life and achievement as a whole is like, how do you like balance the, the achievement part of it, the go, go, wanting to get somewhere and the fulfillment that comes from that, but also not neglecting the experience along the way and enjoying life as is. So um, I'd love to hear a little bit about your story. If you want to share an introduction for anyone listening to this right now, how did you get started in the work that you're doing now? Absolutely. So I was like classic theater music kid growing up. So music's always been a huge part of my life. And I started writing songs in high school, playing piano, guitar. And when I was thinking about going to college, my mom was always like, you know what? You can go for whatever you want, but I think if you want to do music, you should study music business because you don't ever want to get screwed over. You want to know what you're doing and be able to handle yourself. So I did. So I went to NYU for music business and there I like officially started my indie artist career, played shows, released an EP, did the whole press thing, crowdfunding campaign, pretty much like everything that an indie artist does when they're getting started. While I also obviously had the formal education there and did a bunch of internships. And when I, the last couple of years of college, I started really experiencing a lot of anxiety. And when I graduated, I was still experiencing anxiety and it took me like eight months to actually land a job. So I was in this like interim period waiting to see what was going to happen, feeling really frustrated. And the strategy part of me was like, what if I was teaching yoga right now, I could be making some extra cash on the side. I had a job that I was able to keep after college, but I was trying to be a little business minded there and think like, how can I make some extra money? And yoga was something that had helped me a ton so far in my anxiety journey up until that point. And so taking it to the next step really intrigued me. So I did, and I did my yoga teacher training. And then shortly after that, pretty much in like divine timing, I ended up landing a job in music publishing, which I worked in for several years before I started my business. But that was really like the start of the momentum that eventually led me to quit my job to become a wellness coach. And that's where I started coaching was in wellness because 
I had gone through my own journey of dealing with anxiety, not feeling like I had any support or help, having to overcome it myself, doing the thing of working like a million jobs all at once. (laughs) Because when I graduated, I was teaching yoga, I was working full time, I was doing the artist thing. I was also working with a nonprofit called Women Crush. And so I basically had to figure out like how to overcome stress, how to manage time, how to make everything you want happen without feeling like your life is falling apart underneath you. Eventually I got to the point where I was like, I wanna be able to help others do the same because I noticed so many women uh, in music in particular that just felt massive amounts of self-doubt, imposter syndrome, burnout, fatigue, feeling like there was only one specific way to make it in music and that was like the hustle way. So I started my business as a wellness coach and then pretty shortly after, about a year in, I pivoted to be a business coach and really focus on strategy with an emphasis on mindset because I don't ever really wanna let that part go. I think that mindset and wellness is so important to your success. If you're not taking care of either of those things, the strategy can be there, but if you can't implement it, if you literally physically can't show up, or if you are just simply experiencing so much self-doubt or lack of clarity or any of those things, that's gonna hold you back. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's so good, because I think that's something that all of us struggle with throughout our lives as challenges. And anytime that we're doing something worthwhile, like inherently there's always that discomfort or there's the challenge with it. And so I think that especially people who are like high achievers and working really hard can be prone to get burnt out and to struggle and to doubt themselves. So now that you have all this, you have a ton of experience now working with a lot of artists and I'm sure that you start to see some patterns in terms of the same common challenges or problems or mistakes that that are coming up. So what are some of the biggest challenges or mistakes that you see artists or music entrepreneurs making when they first get started? Yeah, I think that one of the biggest things that holds artists back is scarcity mindset since we're on the the topic of like mindset and wellness and like this idea that there's not enough room for everyone and it ties into all these other things, comparisonitis, imposter syndrome, it all becomes related. But I think that so many artists right from the get-go hold themselves back because they feel like, oh, there's not enough room or I'm not good enough or it takes a lot of money to make it in music so I shouldn't even bother with what I have right now. And so they self-sabotage because they're not giving themselves the chance to just meet them where they're at and do move forward with the knowledge they have and with the talent that they have. But instead they're thinking, I should be there or I can't do it without this. And I that like from a very baseline level is one of the fundamental things that you really can experience at any point in your career of, oh, now I'm here, but I want to be there and I'm never going to get there. But that will hold you back and again, get that self-sabotage in so that you don't actually move forward in a way or you don't ask for help. You don't seek out help, free help or, or paid help, whatever it is. You simply just don't seek out whatever it is that you need to actually move you to that next level because you think you're, you're never going to get there. That's so good. But what it reminds me of is the song by John Butler Trio, Better Than. You know, and the song is, be better than that. It, it, I think that what you're describing is that's like the core of achievement in, yeah. in being a human is really that that having a goal, having a vision, moving towards it. So I'm, I'm curious from your point of view, obviously like there's a certain amount of tension or discomfort or goodness around having goals and setting challenges and sometimes that struggle like it's about embracing the struggle and achieving it so when does it become uh, like where's that sweet spot do you think when it comes is there like a sweet spot where there's if you don't have enough of that then it's like you're just complacent so you're just feeling bored or like how do you recommend that someone was able to navigate that and make sure that they are falling in their genius zone 
Yeah. So I like to think about it like uh, a timeline almost. A lot of people will just think, I want to be a successful artist or I want to get signed by a label or I want to win a Grammy one day. And the leap from point A to that point B is just so drastic that sometimes it's hard to figure out what happens in that over middle period. How are you going to get there? And then that's where like the stagnation comes or the burnout comes because you're like, let me just do everything possible. And then you're doing everything possible and you can't actually balance it. So setting goals is so important to like directly answer your question. I think it is a huge part of the momentum that you'll ever have in your artist career. And you also have to chunk the goals down and ask yourself, what is, yes, I have my vision board. Yes, I know what I want my life to look like. But if I can just look at the next month or quarter or year, whatever it is, what do I want to accomplish in this shorter time frame? And what do I need to do in order to get there? And then almost like brain dumping. Here are some of the things that I need to learn. Here's what I don't know. Here's what is holding me back because I feel like I can't do this or I don't know how to do this. And here's what I do know I have to do. Like here's what is on my list of things I know I can accomplish and then take those baby steps to get there. The key is to make sure that you're not putting too much on your own shoulders. And a lot of that comes down to expectations and ego. So you wanna make sure that your expectations aren't so huge that you are taking on too much or working too much or trying to make something happen in a time frame that's unrealistic. Like basically that's what it comes down to. And it happens a lot because especially lately in the world that we're in, instant gratification has become like <laughs> such a thing that we all have really just taken for granted. You can log on to TikTok and see videos and be entertained instantly and they're short and like our attention spans are shorter. We're seeing people have success around us every day and it makes it feel like whatever it is that you've set out to do, you want it tomorrow, you don't wanna wait. And while that's a normal feeling, that can harm you if you're trying to actually make it happen in such a short period of time instead of looking at it as a long game and a long-term plan. Because most likely, whatever your goals are, if you are a high-achieving person, which you probably are as an artist, it's gonna take time and it's gonna be really like setting the, those foundational blocks. So know that it's okay if it's taking time. Don't try to rush it just for the sake of rushing it, but instead work harder or smarter rather, not harder. And with that being said, also know like when you have to do check-ins with yourself and when you have to delegate something, when you maybe have to hire a coach to help you or you need to get a course to learn something that you don't know. Know when you have to maybe just take tasks off your to-do list entirely or push them for later if they're just simply not a priority and learn how to figure out like what your priorities actually are so that you can just better manage uh, project manage essentially and be able to know these are the tasks that are going to actually move me forward in my music career in my business and these are the things that aren't and for the things that aren't we can either get rid of them or delegate them but they're not as important so that way you can stay focused and again you're not doing all of the things and the very last thing I'll add is that it's really easy with social media to get in that zone of comparisonitis and see maybe your goal is I want to release an album but you see someone else who's getting their songs placed in sync and then all of a sudden you're like should I be doing sync I need to start this now I need to do this and then you start again taking on all the projects 
Know what your goal is. Know what you're working towards. Your goals and your priorities are always going to shift and change as you grow in your music career. But at any given time, you shouldn't be working on 50 projects. You should be focusing on one, maybe two, but really one core thing that you're focused on. And again, it might take time. It might feel like it's moving slow and you're watching other people achieve the things that you want to achieve someday. That's okay. Stick with it because you will get there. So good. Yeah, there's a lot of goodness to unpack there. So it sounds like what you're saying is in addition to having you know, kind of a big picture goal, it's really important to also be able to break down those bigger pieces into more manageable, achievable, tangible goals mm-hmm. on a small on a shorter time frame and those are a little yeah. bit less ethereal and a little bit more things that you can really pay attention to that are shorter that are, that are easier and also just having a willingness to be patient <laughs> which can be difficult in like today's like uh, day and age where there's so much happening so quickly we're always plugged in and yeah. we're on social media everyone's sharing the best version of themselves and there's all yeah. this everyone's has the best life ever seemingly mm-hmm. that, that it's really important to learn how to dig deep and just stay on the path you know, what, what analogy that comes to mind I think that's so true in terms of looking at things and taking a longer term approach. And it seems like every person who's super successful, one of their core skills is this ability to have vision and to be able to extend their vision and really kind of to put it out in the future, but also to be smart about tracking their progress, making sure that they're moving in the right direction. That one analogy is planting a seed and letting it grow into a tree. And it sounds like what you're saying in terms of being patient is that we shouldn't, at the first sign, like it's like we plant it a few days later. Oh, there's not a tree here. Oh, I need to dig yeah. it up and I need to fix it. Yeah. And like, yeah so we keep digging it up to try to fix it when it's or like, you're like hey, you got to nurture this tree. I'm done with it. I'm going to plant another tree over here and hope that this one grows in two days and then it doesn't. And then you move on to the next thing and then you're not actually making progress anywhere. Yeah, that's so good. Now you talked a little bit about kind of getting smart with structuring your projects and getting focused, setting priorities so you don't feel overwhelmed with 50 different things, but you have one or two things that you really go deep in. Uh, I'm wondering what uh, process you have in terms of just like organizing your daily life. Do you like have a weekly review or like how often do you can reflect and to set those goals and how do you keep track with those? So I think my process, like I've been doing it for so long, it's almost, it's like really refined itself. And so what I do, it doesn't, it almost doesn't take that much time or effort anymore because of that, which is great. So I'll sit down every like Monday and I actually structure my week in a specific way so that I can be most effective in the way that I'm working. So Mondays I do admin work, Tuesday, Wednesdays, Thursdays, I do coaching calls, podcast interviews, recording, all that stuff where I'm talking basically. And then Fridays, I call my magic day. So I don't schedule anything generally if I can avoid it, uh, unless it's something that I'm like actively choosing to schedule or just absolutely need to schedule for some reason. But generally speaking, I keep it open. And then on that day, I just allow myself to do what I need, whether I need a break or whether I need to play catch up or whether I have an idea that I want to like let flow through. I let that happen on uh, Fridays. So each Monday, I'm really sitting down and looking at my week of what's on the plan for the projects that I'm working on. So for instance, right now I'm prepping for a launch of a program that I'm doing and I'm going to sit down and say like, all right, what needs to get done to make sure that this launch goes as planned? What's the highest priority on this list? Whether it's time sensitive, whether it is just, I need to get this done to move this part of the project forward. What What's highest priority? And then start to work on those. And I also schedule that out in my calendar. So I'll put 
in my calendar on Mondays if it's not there already. Like, all right, I'm gonna spend this chunk of time working on the sales page or whatever it is that I'm doing. So I keep it pretty simple. And then once a month, I do a finance check-in as well. And I do like smaller check-ins throughout the month, but once a month at the very beginning of the month, I do like a formal one. So I'm taking a look at all my finances, checking in with that. And on that day as well, I'll also do like a goal setting check-in for the next month as a whole. So what do I wanna accomplish? What am I launching? What are my income goals? What are some ideas or to-do list things that are coming to mind right now? And let me go ahead and schedule that out or get the ball rolling on those projects. So it just, it, people work in different ways, right? So some people might do well with a monthly check-in. Some might need a, a weekly check-in that's a little bit more fleshed out. I think you have a lot of people who will be like, look at your five-year plan and then down, go to the one-year plan and then go down to this. But I think that things change so quickly. And like my 2021 has literally not gone how I thought it would go whatsoever. Like not one bit, not one single thing. And so I think that things are so fast moving these days that it's really important for you to just schedule regular check-ins with yourself and make sure you hold yourself accountable to those things so that if something is changing or something's feeling off or something's going really well you can have that time to just check in and and see what that is and notice what that is and see how you can either change or continue on to get the results that's so good yeah i've, I've heard the quote before something along the lines of the plans are useless but planning is invaluable yes yes yeah. yes I think that that goes so well with what you're saying in terms of, yeah, like even a year ago or five years, if I looked at 10 years ago where I never would have thought that I'd be like here right now, I think most people, that's the same thing. It's like 10 years ago, could you have predicted you to be like right where you are? So yeah, definitely super valuable planning, incredible thinking forward, projecting, but also having the ability to adapt. And it sounds like what you're saying is that on the shorter time frame, because it's a little bit closer, it gives you more ability to get feedback quicker. And you want to check in and see what works for you, maybe monthly, maybe weekly, see what feels good, but learn to, to adapt quickly. Yeah, I think one big challenge that, again, like basically all of us run into this at some point or another is you know, having discipline. And like we say, we, we have this goal and we want to accomplish this thing. And for whatever reason, life gets in the way, the thing doesn't get done. It's challenging. It's scary. We don't do the thing. What are your thoughts around that idea of just like of discipline? And because a lot of us, I think we know what we should be doing, quote unquote, oh, I should be getting good quality sleep. I should be exercising. I should be eating well. This so, is calling me out right now because I've abandoned my yoga routine and I'm like, <laughs> okay, I need, I need to do something about this. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And all, again, this is like just part of the human condition, I think is, but, but it's a great (laughs) thing to to talk about. So in your own life and experience, like what have you noticed been some of the things that have really helped to create that um, discipline? So the things that, that we quote unquote should be doing are actually being done. Yeah. So I actually love the book, The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. And I highly recommend reading that. She also just has a quiz that will tell you which tendency you are, but this helps me get a lot of clarity. And even I use it with clients because it allows me to see like, how do you hold yourself accountable? So there's four tendencies (laughs) as the title suggests. And essentially I think I'm a questioner. So that basically means that I will be accountable to myself and to others only when I feel it's appropriate. (laughs) So if I think that I don't, if the doctor says show up 10 minutes early to your appointment and I think that's 
stupid because they're going to be running late anyway. I'm not doing it. I won't do it. But if I think it's something that I think is legit, then I'll uphold the expectation. There's people who are rebels who they pretty much don't uphold any expectations. I think there's two more. One of them basically will uphold all expectations and one of them will only uphold expectations for other people, but not for themselves. So you knowing how you operate and how you uphold expectations is really helpful because if you know that you're the type of person who like is terrible at upholding expectations you've set for yourself, you might need an accountability buddy or a coach or like a group that's gonna help you stay on track and someone that you can report to or have a buddy system with so that you can stay on pace with those goals. You can make sure that you're staying accountable in a way that actually works for you. Whereas for people who, some people don't need that at all. They're perfectly accountable to themselves. And some people, they maybe, aren't accountable to others so they don't work as well with a super structured if you're in a band and your bandmates telling you you have to do this then you have to do that then if you're a rebel you'll, you'll probably be like no f off don't do not tell me what to do but you're gonna need to figure out a way to like make it work for you have it be your idea have it be your initiatives or way that you like to do things to really help you get that momentum and really just want to stay accountable to what you're doing. So that book slash quiz is really helpful, I think, as a starting point. But uh, getting to know yourself and how you work is a really helpful point or a crucial point for that. And like I said, I'm going through it now. I'm a coach and I talk about this all the time and I hold other people accountable. Generally, I can stay accountable to myself, but you will go through waves where you just like fall out of routines with things. And I think that one of the best ways to get back into it is to make it fun. If you stop doing something or you can't bring yourself to do something or you're really having trouble like getting your tasks done, this probably happening because you just don't wanna do it. Why don't you wanna do it? Cause it's not enjoyable or cause it takes time or whatever it is. So ask yourself, how can you make it more fun, more entertaining, easier, quicker, whatever those keywords are that are gonna just make it a more enjoyable or easier experience for you to be able to get done because if you can take that burden off, then it'll make it a lot easier to just plow through it. Oh, what's up guys? So quick intermission from the podcast so I can tell you about an awesome free gift that I have for you. I wanted to share something that's not normally available to the public. They normally reserve for our $5,000 clients that we work with personally. This is a presentation called Six Steps to Explode Your Fan Base and Make a Profit with Your Music Online. And specifically, we're gonna walk through how to build a paid traffic and automated funnel that's gonna allow you to grow your fan base online and the system's designed to get you to your first $5,000 a month with your music. We've invested over $130,000 in the past year to test out different traffic sources and different offers and really see what's working best right now for musicians. And so I think it's gonna be hugely valuable for you. And so if that's something you're interested in, in the description, there should be a little link that you can click on to go get that. And uh, the other thing I wanna mention is, you know, if you wanna do us a, a huge favor, one thing that really makes a big difference early on when you're creating a new podcast is if people click subscribe, then it basically lets the algorithm know that this is something that's new and noteworthy and that uh, people actually wanna hear. And so that'll help us reach a lot more people. So if you're getting value from this and you get value from the free trainings, then if you want to do us a favor, I'd really appreciate you clicking the subscribe button. All right, let's get back to the podcast. I love that. So it sounds like what you're saying is that for all of us, 
behave differently when it comes to accountability and we have yep. different things that are going to keep us on track. So that's uh, The Four Tendencies is a great book to dig into that and understand more about ourselves and how we can set accountability for ourselves. But then also just learning how to make, if something is feeling boring or we don't really want to do it, then maybe it's just not fun. So we need to add some freshness to it. What that reminds me of is one of my mentors, Evan Pagan, has this idea called inevitability thinking. And it's such a smart idea. This is like completely changed my life around the idea of accountability is the idea that basically you put things in place, you set up the circumstances so that the thing you want to have happen happens automatically. And it's just what happens if you like let go completely, you don't have any discipline. And mm. one example that he shares is, is things like, let's say, for example, that you want to get in the habit of, I don't know, going, going upstairs and going to sleep by 10 o'clock every night. Right. You want to start getting good quality sleep every night. Then to make it inevitable, he would say, okay, find an accountability partner and then give them a $5,000 check. Tell them, you know, <laughs> you if don't I don't, do if I don't do it, then cash this check. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And then it's at that point of the night where I, I don't know if I really want to go upstairs right now. I'm watching the show or, or whatever. It's, do I want that more than I want $5,000? No. <laughs> I don't. And you're probably doing things like setting the timers in your phone to make sure like you don't like you know accidentally miss it or whatnot. Yeah. I, I think it's a really powerful idea of making the thing you want to have happen the path of least resistance and yeah. adding way more resistance to not doing it, at least as one kind of potential way to set accountability. Although that I, that might be a more less fun way of doing it than just yeah. make it make the original thing more fun too as well. Make it painful. Make yourself be, lose money if you don't do it. <laughs> yeah, there you that go. would be the other direction. That reminds me of uh, Tony Robbins, I think, talks a lot about this idea of what motivates behavior. It's either we move towards pleasure and we move away from pain. And yeah. if you can stack the odds for yourself so you can make the thing you want to do as pleasurable. So when you talk about making it fun, make it much more fun and make the alternative a lot more painful then yeah. naturally, you know, we're just going to do the thing. With that, um, you could also think about what are you afraid of? And this is like a technique that you can use in terms of overcoming fears, but I think it works for accountability too, because if you're avoiding like a task in your music career and you're just like, oh, I just don't want to do this, whatever. Think about, are you more like afraid of or okay with just not doing the task because it's annoying or do you like are you okay with sabotaging your career or not moving forward in your career because you didn't do this thing like the pain point there is so much bigger than you just doing this task for five or ten or even an hour so just do it that's powerful yeah getting leverage on yourself thinking really thinking out sitting down and thinking about the worst case scenario that you want to avoid yeah. of not taking the action and then thinking of all of the good things and writing down like all of the benefits, all the things. One thing you mentioned uh, early on, and this is, I, I love conversations like this because I think that this is, this is really what it means to be a human is to run into these issues and the things that happen no matter how successful we get. But one of the things that I hear come up over and over again for all of us is this feeling of imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on imposter syndrome and what is it and how can we overcome that in, in our own lives as we move towards our goals? Yeah. So imposter syndrome basically is feeling like you are a fraud or like you are in, you, you hacked the system, you made it far and you're not supposed to be here and everyone else around you is so much better than you and all of those feelings that come up. I see it a ton, especially with women in music, but it, in general, it, it's happening a ton. And I, the thing with imposter syndrome that you have to know is that it's never going to just disappear completely. Like 
I even recently had it where I up-leveled in a way and I joined a mastermind and I it hit me where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling like I'm not good enough for this or what is this going to be like? Am I going to be the odd man out? Is this going to be weird? It will hit you as you continue to grow. But the key, and I also had it when I got on TikTok recently, a TikTok challenge with a couple other coaches just as like a fun thing to see who can grow on TikTok the most this month. And when I got on, I've been on TikTok and I had a TikTok, but I was not taking it seriously. And my algorithm was so not on music industry TikTok. Like no matter how hard I tried, I could not get there. I was on basically like Marvel and Manifestation TikTok, which are two totally random things, but somehow converge. (laughs) But I started this new account and I tried really hard. I'm like, I'm only liking videos related to music. I'm getting there. So finally I'm in the algorithm and I'm seeing the music industry videos and it hits me after seeing five videos of artists or other coaches or publicists or whatever it is saying, here's the tips that you need for this. And here's the five ways to do this. I'm thinking like, okay, this is actually a much bigger pool than I thought. It's not my like small Instagram pool anymore. It's not my small bubble. There's a ton of people on here doing something somewhat similar to me. And going back to where we started around the discussion of scarcity, imposter syndrome can come from many things. But in that moment for me, it was fully rooted in scarcity of I'm having this feeling that there's too many people on here or there's a lot of people on here. And because of that, I will never be successful on here or nobody cares what I have to say because there's already these people saying it already. And that's just totally a thought of scarcity. The reality is I have something valuable to say. I have a perspective that nobody else can offer. I have a way I say it that nobody else can offer. And I as long as I just put myself out there, like people will want to hear what I have to say. And I can be just as successful as the next person. And we can all be successful because it's not a competition of like unlimited or like a certain, a limited amount of likes or a limited amount of even money that can go around to everyone. So from an artist perspective, it's the same thing. You probably feel it where you might go on TikTok or just in your day-to-day life, you're like, oh, there's another artist who does something similar or who wrote a song about the same thing as me and... I just don't know if I can break through. You can, like there is room for every artist out there. There are, there's an unlimited need of music. There's unlimited fans. There is space for you, but whatever it is that's triggering that imposter syndrome definitely needs to be looked at because it's probably a pattern that's appearing in other places or it just needs recognition. But what it comes down to is there is room for you and you deserve to be wherever you are. I love that. Yeah. And th- thank you for sharing that. I know it's sometimes vulnerable to, to share where that comes up, but again, it, it definitely comes up for all of us because yeah. there's so many people, that, especially in today's, like we talked about a little bit, today's culture with social media, there's like inherently everyone sharing the tip of the iceberg, the best things that are happening in their lives. And there's so much comparison ideas and things that are happening. And yeah. um, one thing that, that I'm curious about is it seems like one challenge that a lot of artists have is given that initial stage where they've invested into recording some music, they've honed their craft, and they have something they feel proud of, but they haven't really built an audience at, at all yet. And they're just getting started. Sometimes it seems there's almost this shame, the shame or this fear of being embarrassed of the fact that 
they don't have a huge audience yet yeah. and not wanting to show up, not wanting to share because they're afraid there's not going to be a lot of people engaging with them. So what are some of your thoughts for, for artists who are listening to this right now? Or maybe, maybe they're at that point where they're just starting out and they haven't really built up a big tribe yet and they're trying to overcome that. Yeah, yeah, that's super common. So first of all, and let me just say, I'm happy to share my imposter syndrome stories because I want to make it known that, first of all, it's not embarrassing. It's fine. It is what it is. Like you said, it's something that we all experience. And as you see, I was able to recognize when it came up, notice what was happening, and then get over it and move on from it. So it doesn't have to be this huge, big thing that takes over. And especially if you're, you're at the beginning of your career and you're thinking like, oh, I just need to get past this and it'll be fine. Like it's going to keep coming up. So get past it now and no, and then just keep pushing forward on that journey. And yeah, it's so common. I think for uh, artists to feel that like embarrassment of, I don't want to show up like I'm taking this seriously when I have five people following me. It's so embarrassing if people think that I think I'm like a hot shot, but nobody actually cares because that's what it feels like. But the thing is that when it comes to social media, I know what it's like. It feels very awkward when you're like on your stories talking to literally no one, acting like everybody in the world is listening, but that is what you have to do to get started because you're not going to build an audience and then start showing up with good content. You're going to build an audience by showing up well and with good content. So even though it feels uncomfortable, that doesn't mean that's not a reason to not do it or that's a reason to not do it. It means that, yeah, it's just stepping out of your comfort zone and that's good. That means that there's growth coming most likely and that means that it's something you're gonna get better with and get it's gonna become easier for you to do as you move on. So I think anyone who's experiencing that, like you're not alone. Literally every person has gone through that because it is weird. If there are people out there that are like, specifically making you feel uncomfortable block them or remove them from your friend list like you can definitely create the environment that you want to create to make you more comfortable getting started but know that it's not always going to be super comfy like it's not going to be like warm and fuzzies and you feel confident all the time that's just not how it goes sometimes you have to step out of your comfort zone uh to get good and to get better that's so good. You know, so it sounds like what you're saying is that one, it's totally normal to, to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And that a lot of times like the discomfort, that's actually, it's good. That's what happens when you're stretching yourself. What that reminds me of is that it seems like the people who have grown the most or the people who have become the most successful almost have this character trait where it's like they intentionally put them in situations that cause them to be discomfortable and cause them to grow. Like you're saying with this That's mastermind. Me. That's, yes, yeah. exactly. And, and you know, there, there is something like you know, that peer group and who you surround yourself with is so important for yes. stretching you yeah. to grow. Cause it's, there's something that kind of happens where you realize, oh, this is possible. First of all, this people are doing this and if they're doing it, why am I not doing it? Yeah. Exactly. And it causes you to level up. By the way, that mastermind you're talking about, are you talking about the sailboat mastermind? Yes. And I was like, I'm pretty sure you're in it, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Chris and I are, are like teaming up to, to run that together. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. That's going to be awesome. Like, We're going to go on a sailboat. So yeah. And I'm like, cool. I feel like I'm like going to be the youngest in the group. It's all these people who I know have been in the industry coaching for a little bit longer than I have. So when I joined, I was like, I'm a perfect fit for this. And also... I'm feeling like 
oh snap, I'm really taking it to the next level. Like I have to hold myself accountable to taking it to this next level. So it's normal. Like it's normal to have all of those feelings of excitement and fear and stepping out of the comfort zone and working with people that you don't know or some people that you don't know. It's normal, but it's usually you have to listen to your gut. And that's why I also put such a priority on practices like journaling and meditation or yoga or or walks or whatever it is for you that allows you to like create space in your brain because you do have to have some level of awareness and being able to listen to your gut to hear is this a fear in my stomach telling me do not do this thing it's a terrible decision or is it just a fear that's saying okay this is exciting and it's something you've never done before but it's gonna be great usually it's that one but yeah make sure that you are taking the time to listen to your gut and not just like jumping off cliffs because (laughs) out of your comfort zone, you know, without a parachute. One, congrats on stretching your comfort zone and joining. And I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. And yeah, I totally think that it's so important what you're saying in terms of the willingness to sit down and just notice the discomfort and to acknowledge it and to appreciate it and ask yourself, like, where is this coming from? And I, I think you're right that in like the, almost like probably 99% of cases like that fear is coming from something that isn't like a real like immediate danger it's not like a bear is just found his way into your house and it's like the mechanism where it's like, oh I need to hide and run away from this and like run away but it's usually some sort of psychological fear that it's it has a message for you but but also it's don't die <laughs> don't yeah. die <laughs> don't die it's okay am i really gonna die if, like, exactly it, yeah i think it's like what's the worst what's the worst possible thing that can happen in this situation yes. let's say everything like goes terrible oh that's what's the worst thing i can imagine happening and if that happens what would i do yeah, and lots of, at least for, for me that's a question that that i ask myself a lot yeah. when i feel that fear because it's totally like normal like the fear comes up but then it's if you really break the, okay what's the worst thing that that could happen and okay if i if that does happen then what would I do? It's like, oh, it actually wouldn't be that bad. I guess I could deal with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially when you're investing, that's such an important question to ask. And I know a lot of, it's becoming more common now, but I feel like there's still a lot of artists out there who have never invested in support before. I notice, and I'm curious if you see the same, but like artists immediately are like gear, recording, like even like press and publicist and they're, they'll throw so much money at that, but then not have any business skills or any business acumen or any support or anything like that, which is what they really need to actually get the results from putting that thing out into the world. And so when you're investing in that part of it for the first time, it can feel really uncomfortable because it's not something you've done before. It feels like it makes sense to invest in recording because that's going to help you like create the art, but it doesn't make sense to invest in a coach or a program or things like that. But those are sometimes most often the things that will help you continue to grow. Not saying recording doesn't, it does, but it's a both and situation. And when you're investing or doing something you've never done before, it can really give you like that gut punch. But that is the perfect question to ask of like, what's the worst case scenario? I'm out some money and I am in the same place I was before. Okay, at least I learned what not to do. And now I can figure out what to do or what I like to do or what doesn't work and I can figure out what does work moving forward. But usually you're not gonna end up in that worst case scenario. It's gonna be better or best case that you could uh, you could imagine. 100%, yeah. I think that the mindset around investing is just, is like a core, 
components of whether someone is going to be successful or not is their yep. ability to invest and to you know to make smart investment decisions as well because yeah. obviously there's different things you can invest in but if you're investing in yourself that's the thing that all of the most successful people do is they're constantly investing in their own education and the right skill sets, the right tools they need to develop. Yeah. And I think you're right that it, it, for a while, I think for musicians, there's a reason that there's this quote unquote starving artist syndrome. It's because we have given away our power, I think, in a lot of yeah. cases to these other people who are running the the business side of things and the marketing. And there's almost this like weird shame or like this feeling of, oh, if I'm making money with my music, then that's wrong mm, or yeah. that's greedy or it, yes. it, it diminishes the artwork. And I, and I think what's happening now, and it's really a part of this movement, why we're having this conversation now and why we're working with the artists we're working with is that there's this movement that's happening where musicians are reclaiming their power and their realizing wow like this this marketing thing is actually amazing this is actually a core part of the creative process and this is about who I am and it's about helping to reach as many people as possible and I can do this myself I don't need to rely on someone else to come save me and do all this stuff for me yep, in fact yeah. I should be the one doing this yeah for sure in terms of investments and investing I've made some really scary investments in my own coaching like in my mentors one of the first investments I made when I started Modern Musician was a $12,000 investment in a coaching program and I was about to be a dad. We just bought a house and I didn't have $12,000 to, to invest. Yeah, but, I remember my first one too. Yeah, you're like, okay, please work. <laughs> I really hope this works. <laughs> yeah, for, for sure. And it was a huge leap of faith for, for me. Yeah, I was about to be a dad and it, it was really like do or die. Like I needed to do it or else it was like, okay, I'm going to have to get a real job or something. I need to really figure this out. Yeah. And it wasn't easy either. It's like after you make that, it's like throwing your hat over the fence. So I think that the value of the investment is that you're also way more likely to show up and do the work and get things done. Yeah, we, the way that we, we invest in what, we, it shows our values. Like what we spend our money on shows what do we value most. It's literally what the purpose of money is, is it's like a value mechanism. So whatever yeah. we spend the most money on, that's what we value. Absolutely. I think it's just a core question to ask ourselves is, okay, what am I investing my time and my money in right now? And is that aligned and congruent with what my true values are of like my highest self? And thinking about so many artists, all they want is for someone to pre-save, listen, buy their merch, buy the tickets, support them, join their Patreon, give them money basically, and or time, but also money. But then if you're that artist and you want people to be supporting you, but then when you think about supporting someone else, you're like, no, I do not have the funds for that. Or you're not willing to literally invest in yourself. Like you do not believe in yourself enough to invest in yourself. What does that say? Like getting a little woo here and if we think of like law of attraction or just connecting with the universe, again, very woo woo, but you need to be able to show up at the frequency that you want to be receiving things. And if you want things to come back to you, you've also got to be open enough to number one, let them come to you and also dish them out. And I'm not saying go out there and spend money you don't have or put yourself at financial risk, but I'm just saying what's one small thing that's out of your comfort zone that would make you feel like you're moving closer to the life that you want? Is it when you're at the store and they say, oh, you want to round up? Is it rounding up just because you can? Is it maybe like joining a course or buying like the lowest level program from a coach that you know is going to help you move forward so that you can get there? Like it's small moves like that. It doesn't have to be investing even $12,000. Like it doesn't have to be that 
huge thing at first, but if you're not making small movements forward, then you're not making any movement. And so you need to be willing to just put yourself out of your comfort zone every day in whatever way possible. And eventually you'll get there. Eventually you'll get to the place where you have more money to invest in like the bigger program or whatever it is that you want to do. And also I'm always like an advocate for just thinking outside of the box. I think there's a lot of ways musicians can make money and get money that they're not always considering. When I did my first program, I think I put it on a zero APR credit card and was like, I'm just gonna create my own payment plan for it and pay it off over time and trust that I make this money back. And I did. It's not always, oh, the most obvious solution or like the easiest decision you're gonna make, but sometimes you need to be able to think about how am I gonna get closer to the life of abundance or freedom or whatever it is that you're desiring. Mm. Yeah, that's so important. And you know, when you talk about woo-woo and law of attraction and whatnot, yeah, one of my mentors, uh, Jeff Walker, he's, I think he says, I'm woo-woo compliant. Woo-woo compliant. And I love that. And <laughs> that's funny. It, it, I, I'm just finishing rereading the book, Think and Grow Rich right now, mm. probably the third or fourth time. And that's one of the most valuable books that I've ever read. And a lot of it's about what we're talking about right now in terms of like how everything starts with a thought. Everything that has been, if you look around the room that you're sitting in right now at everything around you, it if it's man-made, then, you know, it was all started, it all started with a thought. Yeah. And also, I mean, even thought, <laughs> uh, we're going to get, okay, okay, we're going there. We're <laughs> going there. We're getting like, boo <laughs> Thought, thought it's a tangible thing it's like an energy force thought like it's create it's creation itself yes it's it's like and so even the things that we don't traditionally think of as as thoughts or like or the earth like there's a certain energy to it and i think thoughts is a very like high energy channel that you know this that this energy can take and the way it can go between humans and we literally like everything that we've around, around the room everything that's man created it started out with a thought but nowadays it's pretty amazing how quickly a thought can materialize into the actual thing. Like the gap between thought yes. and reality is like shortening. And maybe eventually we'll live in some sort of simulation with a brain interface <laughs> where we can think something and just instantly happens. We just live in like a play- creative playground. But the thing is, I don't know, a few thousand years ago, actually, I'm terrible with history. So I don't know when the pyramids were, were made, but you know, like... <laughs> They started out with a thought. Many thousands, I think. And then it took so much time to do that. And and also traveling across the world used to take so much time. And I was like, get on a plane. So I think the gap is is shrinking. But still, everything starts out as a thought. Yeah. And so learning how to learning how to harness those thoughts and literally so much that's around identity and just like how you think of yourself and how you, what you, how you behave is 100% in accordance with how you view yourself and how you identify yourself. Absolutely, yeah. I saw a video on TikTok the other day where some duo was like, hey, we're, we're they didn't say starving actually, they said, we're struggling artists. And I was like, no, like mm. how you think about yourself, how you talk about yourself, how you think about the world, how you talk about the world and what's going on, that is what you bring into reality. So if you are introducing yourself or thinking about, oh, I'm a starving artist, I'm a rising artist, I'm a struggling artist, I'm this, that, or the other thing, is that how you actually want to be defined? Do you want to live your life as a struggling artist? Probably not, so stop calling yourself that. And notice that like, it's it's not always about, I know we were talking about like investing, but it's, it's just about like exactly that, the thought patterns and the energies. Like if you want to be successful, ask yourself, am I surrounding myself with successful people? Am I surrounding myself with people who are bringing me down or who are complaining all the time? I had a client once where 
this was actually like a huge thing that we had to work through with her because as she leveled up, as she made more money, like more money than she's ever made in her life, she noticed that her other friends who she went to music school with and was just associated with, not only could they literally not even recognize the mindset she was in, but they continued to just, like as she got out of that mindset of being a starving artist, she could see how damaging it was from the outside perspective. And she was like, all these people talk, all these people do is complain. All they talk about is how broke they are. Like I can't like it's such a disconnect and it's really dragging me down energetically like you have to get out of that and sometimes you have to make the conscious effort to set boundaries with people to sometimes end relationships to be quite frank and also put yourself in the place you want to be that means getting friends who are in the music industry who think in a more positive way or who are you know are interested in the same stuff as you driving around neighborhoods that inspire you getting coffee and doing work in a neighborhood that you want to live in someday like it's those kinds of things that will ultimately set you up for success and small things like when you get someone who streams or who posts your story say thank you so much for doing that say it to them say it out loud to yourself spread the gratitude spread the positive forward motion instead of just being like Ugh, why is nobody joining my thing that i just randomly posted about five minutes ago and nobody knew about before it and now i'm pissed <laughs> off that it's not going the way i wanted to like Think critically about how you can always do better and think positively about how things are going. Not toxic positivity, but really just staying in that gratitude and being able to like notice when things are going well and appreciate everything that's happening around you. Yes. Yes. I that the word gratitude and appreciation, I think there's it's such a powerful yeah. driving force. And one of the most valuable habits for my relationship with my wife that that we added, I and mean, I think this applies to anyone, whether it's in like a relationship or just in terms of a life thing, is the habit of every night um, writing down, you know, what are the top three things that you're feeling grateful for. And then also, th this is one of my favorite one of my favorite things to do is also after we write down the three things I'm grateful for to do future gratitudes. So think about what are three things in the future that I'm grateful for, and to bring Ooh, the I same like energy, that. to bring the same energy to it as if it's already happened. The exact same way you looked at the gratitude, and you just can bring that, and you have that gratitude for the thing happening. Yeah. And that that has been like a game changer for me. And there's been a few times where usually what happens is the future gratitude tends to to center around something that is a big opportunity, but also there's a lot of fear around or it's scary and things like going on stage and having an opportunity to speak in front of a few thousand people or, and could go like, you know, it could totally bomb. It could be terrible. If I <laughs> and usually Thank you like, for it not going horribly. Thank you so much. And so like in that case, it's like a feeling of future gratitude. The presentation went super well. People got a ton of value from it and yeah. I feel, feel awesome. It was really exciting and, and it went really well. Yeah. And like saying it in the past tense, like it's already happened. There's yeah. just, there's something with that. That's just so that's so powerful that just shifts the shifts the energy. Yeah, and actually a really powerful change in language that I heard of when it comes to manifestation was saying, not saying, I can't wait for this. I can't wait until I get this many streams. I can't wait until I finally have money and I can do this thing. Instead, say, I'm so ready for this. I'm ready, I mm. am accepting, I am open. Like those words instead just help, again, woo woo to the universe, but also just to yourself of not saying, oh, I'm waiting or this will happen eventually, but instead saying, I'm ready at any moment, it's gonna happen mm. and I'm ready for it.
And similar to you, I write my manifestations too. Thank you so much for my great big house that I love so much. Like <laughs> just, just really stepping into that gratitude. And every time I see angel numbers or just repeating numbers like 555, 444, I use it as a chance to be like, thank you. I'm listening. I'm accepting. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everything that's happening, especially whatever's happening in that given moment. And it just allows a moment of not getting into the stress of the day that can be so easy to do. It can be so easy to just let the calls pile up or the meetings pile up or the emails, whatever, and feel like it's so hard to balance everything. And sometimes it is. That is the human experience that like you will be stressed and it will be tiring sometimes. But if you can put these little habits or moments into your day, that set you up for more success, it, in the long run, it's gonna be a game changer. And especially like going back to my story, if you're someone who struggles with anxiety, that's helped me a ton too. Like those things grounding into your day help you to overcome those things like anxiety or any other struggles that you might be having. I won't speak for other people's <laughs> like struggles, but for me, I know it helped. Mm, I love that. That's yeah, so good. And one, one last, one last. I, I, this is the kind of conversation I really geek out about. Like, I think it's, it's so fundamental, it's so important. One thing that you said there triggered this thought of just the idea of deserving and this feeling of deserving and how powerful that is, and especially when we're talking about manifestation or having goals and becoming, like transforming, which is you know, something that we're all here to do is to grow and this, the sense of deserving and, and how that sort of plays into the idea of what we talked about with the imposter syndrome. I think there is a balance to it where in some ways, like the imposter syndrome, it can be a really powerful tool and it can move you in the right direction. If like we talked about with the peer group and surrounding yourself with people who are at a higher level and there's yeah. this feeling of, am I an imposter? And man, what's my excuse? If, I, if they're doing this, I can do this too. I need to show up and I need to take responsibility for it. But that sense of deserving or that, that word like deserving, how can I get myself to a point where I deserve to have this thing that that's in the future? And I think that like that doesn't necessarily happen in the future. We get ourselves to that point in the present moment of deserving it. And you can do things like, just because you haven't achieved it yet, like right now, if you get yourself to that point, you can start doing the things that make you des deserve to achieve that, that exactly. goal. Yeah, I think just by inherently being and wanting something, you are deserving of it. Now, mm -hmm. if that's hard to come to terms with, I would ask yourself like, what, who is the person that I want to be or who is the person that is deserving of this? So if you picture yourself down the line, eventually being deserving, what makes that person different? Have, do they have more peace in their life? Are they more generous? Are they this, that, or the other thing? Like what, whatever qualities or life circumstances you're attributing to that, Notice that and ask yourself, what can I start to pull into my life right now? Because it's not about once, like I said earlier, once this happens, then I'll be this, or then I'll have that. You can start pulling that into your life now. And it's not like, when I'm a billionaire, I'll act like this. Okay, start doing that now. Start doing that now. And then you'll attract that into your life. Like at the scale that you can. Obviously, you're not going to go donate $500,000 if you don't have that. But what can you donate? What habits can you do? What things can you do? How can you surround yourself? Or what are your what does your day-to-day -day look like? How can you do that now as much as possible? Awesome. Great stuff. 
Cool. Katie, thank you so much for coming on here and geeking out with me and, and going, <laughs> going woo-woo and coming back. And I yes. mean, there's, there's uh, I think with everything, there's balance, right? There's an extreme where it's, yeah, you can just manifest anything by just imagining you never have to do any work. Like, obviously, like, that's not the case. There's so much, there's so much power in using the tools of, and using our mindset to think forward and to set goals and to become the kind of person that, that achieves those goals. So I think it's a really important conversation and I'm glad that we got to go there. We got to, <laughs> got to go a little woo-woo. For anyone that that's uh, listening or watching this right now who wants to connect more or learn more from you, where would be the best place for them to, to check you out? Anywhere you go. Katie Zaccardi on Instagram, katiezaccardi.com. My podcast is called The Out To Be Podcast, which you can also just find on my website. And the only place that I'm not just Katie Zaccardi is TikTok because I couldn't get that username. So there I am, katie.zaccardi. But yeah, I'm mostly hanging out on Instagram. So definitely shoot me a DM. Let me know what your takeaways were from this episode. I'd love to hear from you. And that's where I'm hanging out. Cool. Awesome. Thanks again, Katie. It's been awesome talking with you. And I'm really looking forward to the mastermind coming up. We're going to be on a sailboat hanging out. It's going to feel great after uh, weathering the pandemic and whatnot to actually go out and be on the, the open sea. Open seas. <laughs> yes, it's going to be amazing. And thank you so much for having me. Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guests today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then I'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That, that really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.